Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, gooby treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash itself. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra premium formula for moms who will not settle when it comes to their little ones. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with simple quality ingredients, no artificial dyes or preservatives, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Head to amazon.com or walmart.com to grab Dr. Mom Butt Balm because nothing comes between you and your baby, especially not diaper rash. As an OBGYN and podcast host, I'm excited to share a resource that empowers mothers and mothers-to-be in managing their pelvic floor and core health. It's called Informed Pregnancy Plus, and it offers access to essential workshops that can significantly enhance your understanding and care of your body during and after pregnancy. Discover the Core Connection, a foundational five-episode series by Natalie Headings, a pre-postnatal exercise specialist. This series covers the basics of pelvic floor health, teaches key postural adjustments, and shows you how to activate your core properly. For a more comprehensive experience, check out Mindful Movement. This premium series provides in-depth content, including practical exercises and personalized strategies to strengthen your body. It's like having a pelvic health expert in your home. You can try the full subscription streaming library of Informed Pregnancy Plus absolutely free. Visit informedpregnancy.tv to start an empowered journey toward a healthier motherhood. Take this step for your health, your body, and your baby will thank you. This is one of the most heartbreaking, but also inspiring episodes that I have recorded. It's with Elizabeth O'Donnell from Aaliyah in Action, and warning, it involves stillbirth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 227. Whether you are a new listener or a returning listener, I'm grateful that you're spending some time with me today. Now, in today's episode of the podcast, we have Liz O'Donnell. She is a former elementary school teacher who now focuses on Aaliyah in action and stillbirth prevention and advocacy full time. 
Aaliyah in Action is an organization that she founded after the death of her daughter Aaliyah by stillbirth. The organization provides women, birthing people, and families comfort as they take steps towards healing after the loss of their baby. They provide self-care packages for free to those who've experienced a stillbirth. Now, stepping into the nonprofit world and out of the classroom is a transition Elizabeth never thought she'd be making. But since the death of Aaliyah, she realizes that her job as a mother is to establish a legacy for her daughter while also supporting families down the same path in life. Her dedication to the development and growth of this organization is really, really admirable. She's done so much work to really grow it and support families all over the country. And it really is um, amazing what she's done and how she's made uh, something so supportive and helpful out of real tragedy. So in this episode, we are going to talk about what happened with her daughter, Aaliyah, and the stillbirth, what made her start Aaliyah in action, what is included in these self-care packages that families receive. You'll also hear her experience with parental leave after Leah's death. Spoiler alert, they did not consider her as eligible for parental leave because she didn't have a live baby. So she actually had to fight for leave after Leah's death. We will share some bereavement resources as well as things to do and not do for someone who's experienced a loss. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this again, inspiring, but also challenging conversation about stillbirth with Elizabeth O'Donnell from Aaliyah and Action. so much, Liz, for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I am excited to have you here and talk about the really important work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and also, I've been a listener since I was pregnant. So thank you for all the work that you do in this space for oh, expecting thank parents. Thank you. Thank you. So why don't you start off a bit by telling us a bit about yourself and your work and your family? Yes. So my name is Liz. I'm originally from New Jersey, but I've been based in DC for, gosh, almost 15 years now in the nation's capital. I was overjoyed to find out that I was pregnant in June of 2020. Unexpected, but still very much welcome. And we were very happy. I had an amazing pregnancy. I say to everyone, it was honestly the best time of my life. Mm. It was during COVID, you know, which made things a little tricky. Sure. But we had great doctor's appointments. Everything was wonderful. Had a beautiful baby shower, COVID-friendly baby shower with friends and family. And then towards the end of November, right after Thanksgiving, I noticed reduced movement. And, and actually I noticed increased movement first mm. around Thanksgiving okay. with my daughter and then decreased movement. And so I um, took myself to the hospital thinking I was being an annoying first time mom Sure, only to be told that my daughter no longer had a heartbeat, mm. which I just kind of went into shock. I didn't really say anything besides mm -hmm. what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I delivered my daughter, Aaliyah Denise Briscoe, very early in the morning on December 1st, 2020. Okay. Okay. And since then it has been 
a roller coaster, just trying to recover as a mother that's experienced this. Right. And also trying to parent Aaliyah, which is why I'm here today. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you don't mind me going back for a minute, in that moment, you know, we we very often say like the baby doesn't have a heartbeat um, when actually some of the data says we probably need to be, not, not we probably, we do need to be more straightforward and say your baby passed away or your baby has died inside. In that moment, did you feel like, what do you mean? Like there's no heartbeat? Like, can you find it? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I remember I, I kind of knew when, when the nurse was searching for a heartbeat and said, uh-huh. Oh, I don't think this is working. <laughs> Let me go get the midwife. I right. could sense there was something wrong uh-huh. when, you know, she's searching for a heartbeat and then says to me, we, we cannot find a heartbeat. I, I don't remember if she had used other terminology after that, because the mm-hmm. only thing in my mind was, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Right. How did this happen? I was so sure. low risk. Nothing was wrong. Everything was, right. you know, roses and rainbows. Right. Um, you know, I, I realized it was going to be a stillbirth. And mm. at that point, I didn't realize that this even still happened to people. Okay. I thought maybe I could get a quick C-section, be out of there and mm. and figure out what to do next with my life. That sure. is not how it works. Right. I learned very quickly. Right. So in those moments, just trying to figure out and saying to myself, okay, you are going to have to do every single thing that you were planning on doing, mm-hmm. except the outcome is going to be the complete opposite of mm-hmm. what you ever could have mm-hmm. imagined. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was the induction process for you? And how do you feel like the staff treated you? I have to say the staff were, and I know this is not everyone's experience, the staff I had at GW Hospital, they were outstanding. Mm. I'm still very close to many of them today. Mm. Um, I, Aaliyah's father could be present and our doula could be present. Okay. Which was very important to me because my brain was not working. I knew his brain wasn't going to be working. Mm-hmm. So we needed somebody that knew how to advocate and help us. Sure. When we didn't know how to help ourselves. Sure. I wanted to stick to the tentative birth plan as much as possible, which was mm-hmm. unmedicated. I did the best I could. Mm-hmm. And my body was just it between the stress and mm-hmm. everything. My body was just not responding. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after like a day and a half, I finally said, okay, fine right. to an epidural because okay. I just couldn't be there sure. anymore. <laughs> I sure. couldn't deal sure. with it. Sure. And it was just a few hours later that I ended up delivering her. Okay. So. okay. That's interesting that you wanted to adhere to as much as you could, including an unmedicated birth. I did. Um, I look back on it now and I'm kind of like, I would have saved myself a lot of pain had mm-hmm. I not done that, but mm-hmm. I wanted to stick to the plan. One, because that's just the type of person I am, but because right. that's what I wanted for my child. Sure. 
Sure, sure. And I still wanted to go through that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But I do realize there are so many other factors that come into play when you experience this. Yeah. And I appreciate my doula for, you know, telling me it's whatever you want to do, but then at a certain point also saying it's okay if you want to switch it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now not everyone takes this sort of tragedy and then turns it into what you've turned it into, which is Aaliyah in action. So tell us a bit about what Aaliyah in action is. And then I I really want to hear what made you make that leap to, to create it. So first off, what is Aaliyah in Action? So Aaliyah in Action, we are a nonprofit based here in DC, but we support families all over the country. We provide self-care packages to families after loss. So the key word here is self-care for you, the mom, the birthing parent. Mm-hmm. I kind of make a little joke and I say, this is not about the baby. It's about the person that needs to make it to tomorrow Mm -hmm. when, quite honestly, you don't always want to make it to tomorrow. Sure. And so what are we doing for ourselves? So these packages have six small self-care items, lip balm, a face mask, because when you're crying, you're going to need those things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fuzzy socks, a candle. We have lavender shower steamers to kind of, you know, when you remind yourself to take a shower, you can create a peaceful experience. We have tea from an amazing doula here in DC. And then I also include what I call the self-care choice board. Mm -hmm. And it kind of looks like a bingo board, if you will. And it has little acts that incorporate the package Mm -hmm. and that you can just do around your home. Um, And the idea is that you can cross one off each day and say that you did something. Right. Right. So it's literally like drink a glass of water. Right. Take a shower. Right. um, Move your body. Mm -hmm. Say your baby's name out loud. Just little things Mm. that you can tick off. Okay, I did that. I accomplished something. Right. And it might seem... It it might not seem like a big deal in the moment, but further down the line, my Mm -hmm. hope is that you see that by forcing yourself to do something for yourself each day Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. helped you, I don't even want to use the word stronger, but in some ways has helped you become a little bit stronger and and begin to figure out this new life because that's exactly what it is. Sure. Nothing, I say I'm Liz before Aaliyah and now I'm Liz after Aaliyah. And those are two completely different people. Yeah. Yeah. And the last piece of the program with our packages is we have um, support books for the family. So for me personally, I was not someone that was very drawn to support groups. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels like (laughs) this. So what are we doing for people that are kind of in that in-between still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So we have a book for the birthing parent. We have a book for fathers and a children's book for living siblings. Mm. I always say, I'm going to put a plug here. I am looking for a more inclusive book for non-birthing partners that delivers the same amount of support that the father's book does. Right. And uh, it's, it's really slim pickings out there. But okay. if anybody has a book, 
please let me know because sure. I'm looking to add that to our library. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, and maybe this will come out in some of your story about what happened after, you know, you gave birth to Aaliyah, but tell me about what was going on in your mind and how you were feeling and what led you to get to this point where you felt like you needed to start this organization. So honestly, this organization was born from pure anger. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very honest when I say that. I nobody should ever be worried about having to tell your employer about what's happened to you after mm-hmm. you experience this. Mm-hmm. However, upon leaving the hospital, that was the only thing that was on my mind. Mm-hmm. I was a teacher um, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and I very quickly was told that uh, once I shared what had happened, that my paid family leave was revoked. And not only that, my FMLA was also canceled and that I had to return to work. So if anyone's delivered a child before, you know that that's not easy. That is crazy. So they were like, you need to return to work immediately. Like they said, whenever you're, there's no leave because you don't have a baby Mm -hmm. that you brought home. Yeah. the, The wording was quite crass. And essentially, in so many words, said, I'm sorry, but no baby, no leave. And those were the words that I was reading less than a week after delivering my dead daughter. Mm-hmm. And the, the additional trauma that that caused, it sent me in a tailspin. Right. And it put me in a, a very dark place. Not only am I trying to figure out how to manage the grief, the stress, anxiety, the blame sure. from what's happened. But now my employer is also putting stress Even, and blame right. and anxiety right. on me. Right. Right. And I just, I froze up. I, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was reading this legislation over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really think I'm right, but I don't know if I'm in the right frame of mind, but I really think I'm still eligible for this. Right. And so I sought counsel immediately to, to try to, you know, get them to understand it. It, right. it kept coming across as I felt as though they didn't understand that I still delivered a baby. Yeah. You still went through the physical process (laughs) and you still needed to recover from physically delivering a baby. Exactly. And, and this particular piece of legislation at the time, it has since been changed um, because of all of this, but it didn't include or exclude me. It was strictly up to the employer to decide, you know, are we still going to give her this leave that she's already approved for, or are we going to take it away? And that invalidation of my motherhood Mm -hmm. and complete disregard Mm -hmm. for my daughter's life Mm -hmm. spurred me, you know, to, to get into action and try to figure out, you know, I surely can't be the only person going through this. Right. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. 
The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. I decided to post a picture of me holding Aaliyah in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, that picture took on a life of its own. And I had thousands of mothers that have experienced stillbirth reach out to me. And mm. I was floored mm. <laughs> that so many people were going through this silently. Yeah. So many people mm -hmm. within my own place of employment mm -hmm. went through it, had their leave revoked, mm -hmm. and were honestly too scared and, and mm -hmm. felt too broken mm -hmm. to fight it. Mm. Mm. And I'm from Jersey, so that's just not me. Like, it's not <laughs> like, going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's not, it, I'm not the one. <laughs> right, So right. I, it was, it was hard and it was dark. It was very dark. Sure. Um, some people have said to me, you know, you have made this look easy. How have you done it? Mm -hmm. No, it's been very dark. Right. But I knew right. I had to because all of these thousands of other mothers were dealing right. with the same thing. And it, right. it made me sick to think of it. Sure. So that is how Leah in Action was born okay. because okay. I kept thinking, you know, what are we doing for us? Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. answer in this country is not much. That, that very and so, much if, so. <laughs> yeah. if this can be a little piece of giving permission. And, mm -hmm. and I forgot to mention earlier, we distribute these packages through our hospital partnerships, largely through our hospital partnerships. Sure. And the importance of that to me is if a hospital is presenting a family with this package, mm -hmm. it gives them permission it's kind of like, okay, well, if my, if a nurse tells me this is going to help you, you should use this. Right. I'm more likely to listen to that. Right. As opposed to receiving it in the mail, which we do ship hundreds of packages sure. to people. But, sure. you know, the, the original intent was it, if I receive this package, I might not use it if someone gives it to me because I don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. And that is how so many of us feel. That is how my employer made me feel. 
right. 10 times more than I already felt. Right, right. And I right. wanted to try to eliminate, or, or you can't eliminate, to alleviate those mm-hmm. feelings as much as possible. Sure, And, sure, and that's sure. how I got this going. <laughs> yeah, and th- I, I think this is so important because I, I think we we do a reasonable job in the hospital of like creating a care package for a centered around the baby mm-hmm. with like yes. pictures and maybe an outfit and footprints and the, a box, like a memory box for the baby. But we really don't s- give anything for the healing part of the mom. Uh, so I, I think it's really important to focus on like what she's going through. And we know that postpartum care in the U.S. is abysmal e- after you have a live baby that right. you bring home. So I, it's only worse when you don't have a live baby and it's kind of like, okay, come back in however many weeks or come back in a week to check up on things. Um, what do you feel like your care was like, at least from the medical perspective, after you had your baby? Um, so my first follow-up appointment, I, I wish as a country we could do something about having um, parents that have just experienced loss when they go for their follow-up mm-hmm. not be in the same room as a yeah. bunch of very pregnant people. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a yeah. trigger. I wanted to go by myself. I had friends offer to go with me and I just, I wanted to do everything on my own, which sure. was probably not the best idea, but I went by myself and the very first thing the nurse asked me was, Oh, well, where's the baby? And I said, uh, she died. She goes, Oh, "Oh, okay. So why are you here? Do you need birth control? And I said, I'm here because my midwife told me to schedule. So now I'm thinking, wait, did I do this wrong? Because I know my brain's not working. Right. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have made an appointment. I'm like, get me out of here. I'm like thinking these crazy things in my head. And you know, she just, she was just writing on her paper the whole time, barely looked up at me. So I was like, okay, same. It was the same feeling I felt after I heard the words, there's no heartbeat. Okay. I'm here. I just got to do what I need to do and then I can leave and I can go home and I can break down and whatever. So my, my midwife came in this, the same midwife that was there during Aaliyah's delivery, who's, I love her so much. And I told her, I was like, I have to tell you this, this is what just happened. And I, why didn't she know, or am I even supposed to be here? Right. My midwife didn't know what to say. She just hugged me and she just, she just hugged me. Right. Um, and I, I was texting my friend. I was like, I, I can't believe this woman just said this to me. And I understand that nurses are, are very overworked and, and stressed, but we have to do better yeah, in terms of, yeah, yeah. Because that it's, again, it's another layer of trauma. Sure. Well, my baby's not here cause she's dead. Why do right. I have to say that out loud? Right. <laughs> you right. should just right. know that. Right. So that was not the best. However, my appointment with my midwife was amazing. Okay. My follow-up with an MFM, because at this time we're trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. They told us in the hospital, you know, they explained um, 
autopsy, which not all parents are, are explained that, which mm-hmm. is wrong. I know most elect to not do an autopsy, but mm-hmm. you should at least be educated on that option sure. in those moments. Sure. We elected not to because they said they would kind of look her over and if mm-hmm. they saw something that might an autopsy might be able to explain, mm-hmm. then perhaps we should consider they didn't see that. Everything mm-hmm. with Aaliyah was a-okay. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed when meeting with the MFM who basically said, sometimes babies just die. Lightning usually doesn't strike twice. And Aaliyah, there was a small placenta, had a small placenta, but she was quite large, so that doesn't matter. So at the end of that appointment where I thought I was going to get some answers, Mm -hmm. I left with nothing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we sent the placenta pathology to, you know, a private doctor Mm -hmm. that we were able to find answers about how a small placenta contributed to her death. But not all families can do that. Not all families even know that you can do that. And so, so many families are left wondering for the rest of their lives, why did that happen to me? Mm -hmm. Did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How do I know mm-hmm. it's not going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And that it is just not fair. And again, as another layer of trauma and stress that we sure. don't need. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so you did say that with the, just getting back to Aaliyah and in, yeah. in action yeah. with the care packages that mostly you go through hospitals, but if people wanted to send one to someone that they, they can. Yeah. So our website is aliyahinaction.org and there's a, a little, um, you know, boxer that says, if you would like to request a package for a loved one or yourself, you can absolutely do that. All I need is an address. Um, I, at this point now have been getting more self request packages Mm. from people as opposed to packages for loved ones. Sure. And I welcome you emailing me and sharing a little bit of your story if you're comfortable. Right. Um, I now have a warehouse <laughs> for all the Elite <laughs> in Action stuff so right. I can ship it out. I either ship it out or my mom ships it out and we'll get it to you as soon as possible because that immediate support is mm-hmm. is very important. And then on the on the other side of things, I've actually sent out many packages for people where it's been years since their loss. Mm. Um, but grief has no timeline. True. And so while the original intent here was was giving it immediately, mm-hmm. I've also been finding out that it's had a huge impact on people that have received it years later. Right. Um, because right. those griefy days still hit. Sure. It doesn't matter how how long ago it happened, sure. those days still hit. And yeah. if you can reach from something for something that was made, especially for you in this time, I hope that that can be comforting to people. Yeah. 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 And then also getting back to the parental leave issue, yeah. <laughs> how did that come about to change? Did, were you a part, like, did you speak out about it or you know, talk to your representative, like how did yes. that come to change that, that, cause that's so ridiculous. The, a lot of people were calling, um, DCPS and a lot of people that's the public school system. And a lot of mm-hmm. people were calling the city council mm-hmm. and the city council ended up calling me mm-hmm. Okay, and said, 
we are so sorry about this. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of local media in DC. I have Mm -hmm. so many journalists to thank Mm -hmm. for that, for Mm -hmm. amplifying my story. And it first led to an emergency bereavement bill. And that bill immediately provided was retroactive to December 1st and provided 14 days leave for families that experienced stillbirth. Now, I always like to say it's it's very important that we separate the mental health aspect of this from the physical recovery of the body after birth. And so while I was grateful and thankful that they did that as a quick remedy, I'm not talking about mental health in this at all as, as it relates to the leave, because Mm -hmm. that is a a separate, much larger issue. Sure. So that was a a nice gesture. And it also applies to families that experience loss of a child through age 21. Um, Later on in the year, Uh the universal paid family leave law for DC was amended to include stillbirth. Okay. So now that bereavement bill doesn't really apply to stillbirth parents anymore the way it did initially. Got it. Because the leave for perinatal loss is now built into it, it. It now explicitly says that you still get the leave if okay. you experience this, as opposed okay. to it was very not clear before. Sure. Got which it. Is, Got it. Got was it. the problem. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. In addition to its patented protein blend, their formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 weight-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system and makes it an easy-to-digest formula. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code Dr. Nicole for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now, speaking of like resources and things for people who have a loss, what are yeah. three or four? I know you also have some resources on your website. Yeah. So what are some top resources that you think are great for people who have ex- experienced a, a pregnancy loss? So there are many um, doulas, like I know here in DC, it's a city, so it's a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. I know a lot of doulas do bereavement um, sessions with families, most most of them at no charge. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are looking for a resource like that, that's more one-on-one, I highly suggest to Google some things. If you think a support group might be good for you, R to Z Hope is amazing they is have r to z r t z oh r t z okay yeah okay r t z hope and they have very specific groups 
So depending on you know your family, uh, how your family looks, depending mm-hmm. on what you need as a griever, um, Kylie does an amazing job there with just having a variety of groups for for people. Sisters in Loss is another great organization mm-hmm. that has a, she has a lot of Erica has a lot of resources on her website, and then. If you're thinking about, you know, going through pregnancy after loss and taking the journey of pregnancy again, I'm also a director at Push for Empowered Pregnancy, where we focus on ending preventable stillbirth. And we have a plethora of resources for pregnancy after loss, because we know that that is a very difficult journey. It's not a journey I've experienced yet myself, but I have a lot of friends that have, and we have so many resources on the pushpregnancy.org site to help you navigate pregnancy after loss. Sure. Okay. Okay. And do you have any other children? You said you haven't had children since Aaliyah, but do you have any other children? Okay. I don't. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. And I mean, is it too, you can totally say you don't want to answer, but do you think you want to have other children? Yes. (laughs) Okay. You know, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. I think it's extra scary for me because there was absolutely nothing wrong the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even know what what to look for. Or the mm-hmm. only way I knew something was wrong is because it was too late. Sure. Got it. Got it. Got and it. that's, yeah. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... For people who, I think in our society, we we very often don't know what to say or what to do when people experience a pregnancy loss at any point in pregnancy, whether it's a miscarriage earlier in pregnancy, whether it's a stillbirth later in pregnancy. Do you have any suggestions for what are two or three things people can say or do to someone who's experienced a loss? Absolutely. I think acknowledging the loss and not skirting around it Hmm. is key. Okay. Say their baby's name. If they've chosen to name their baby or chosen to share that name, Mm -hmm. say their baby's name often, not just once say it a lot because those are the only times we as parents are going to hear our child's name. We're not going to hear them being called at school. We're not going to hear them. You know, those are the only times we hear our kids names. So say, Say them and say them often. Right. I know it's very common for anyone when there's, you know, any sort of death in the family. Okay, what do you need? What can I do for you? We don't know. Just do something, whether that's, um, you know, just sending dinner mm-hmm. or just, I had a friend literally just drop off like basic target cleaning supplies or something, you know, just like, hey, if you need any of this stuff, I just left it on the front porch. Right. It goes such a long way. And also when you're checking in with a loved one that's experienced this, I like to always say at the end of whatever you decide to say, always say, it's okay if you don't answer. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you Mm. because it can be pressure from us to want to respond the right way Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, still seem thankful and grateful, Mm -hmm. even though we're, we're just feeling so depressed. Sure. And just leaving a lot of space for the parent to share what they want, but, but making sure that you are fully acknowledging that their child was a human and it's, 
you know, when we're getting invalidated from our employers, mm-hmm. it's important that, you know, our friends and family are, are validating our child. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then are there a couple things on the flip side that you're like, please absolutely do not do this if for someone who's experienced a loss. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And unfortunately there's a much longer list for that. I won't say everything. Go for it. Yeah. I think, I think the main, the main two things in terms of language and Mm -hmm. and what we're saying and how much words matter, it doesn't matter in, in my opinion, it doesn't matter the religious beliefs of any family. I, mm-hmm. I would advise everyone to steer away from saying it was God's plan. God willed this. I would just steer away from that mm-hmm. unless of course the parent is initiating that language. Sure. Sure. But I, I would venture to say probably not. They are not using that language. And mm-hmm. so you should, should not either. Mm-hmm. I also like just anything with oh you now that you know you can get pregnant you can get pregnant again mm-hmm. or maybe it was for the best maybe there was something wrong with the baby mm-hmm. no that just leads to self blame mm-hmm. and encouraging or or saying well at least you know you got pregnant you can get pregnant again puts pressure on a parent because now they feel oh my gosh is everyone gonna think that i'm just gonna get pregnant again Mm -hmm. going through another pregnancy is not going to replace this one the future children that i have will never replace Aaliyah. absolutely and so language with that really matters and then this is just one that i feel people don't think about don't send flowers (laughs) flowers die (laughs) flowers die just like our babies did and flowers they they don't last forever right and they're beautiful right right? like flowers are are beautiful for a week tops right and then they're gone gotcha and that can actually stir up you know a, a, a lot of emotion and also kind of frame future flowers to always bring them back to that time period. Got it. Got it. So, and I know it's such an easy thing to do and we always send flowers for funerals and all of that. But I, instead of flowers, I would say a gift, an Uber Eats gift card or better yet, I would have people just sending a pizza to the house and then you don't even have to think about it. So if you wanted to do a little gesture like that, I would just steer away from flowers. (laughs) flowers. <laughs> okay. 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 I never thought about that. Never thought about that. So are you still teaching or do you do Aaliyah in action full-time now? I am not. I am no longer teaching. I run Aaliyah in action full-time okay. and I'm also a director of awareness at Push Pregnancy. Okay. And so those two endeavors keep me mm-hmm. quite busy. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and I, I like to say it's, you know, I should have a two and a half year old running around here right now, driving me crazy. These two organizations are also driving me crazy in, (laughs) in a way that I want them to, right? Just like if Aaliyah was here doing that, it's a way that you want them to. So yes, both of them keep me busy. And today is actually the second anniversary for Aaliyah in action. And we have provided over a thousand packages to families and have almost, we have 39 hospital partnerships. Right. Right. So all of that in two years has kept me quite busy. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So what is the most, as we wrap up, what's the most frustrating part of this work that you do? 
Oh gosh. Okay. I guess initially the most frustrating part was simply not knowing the rate of loss mm-hmm. that has has always surrounded me. I just mm-hmm. didn't know I was in a little bubble. Mm-hmm. I think what's most frustrating is every, it seems like every parent I talk to, they're like, I didn't know this still happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, learning about ways to empower yourself in pregnancy is so important. Knowing that stillbirth still happens is so important. It's right. not meant to scare you. Right. It's meant to just educate you. Sure. And and it's very frustrating hearing the same story over and over again mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it, it doesn't need to be like that. And and other countries, it, it's I was just in England for the International Stillbirth Alliance Conference. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating to see how other countries have very strong national nationwide programs and mm-hmm. guides on mm-hmm. stillbirth prevention on perinatal bereavement and our system here is still broken mm-hmm. and also within that not willing to learn from other countries that have made strides to reduce stillbirth rates or to make sure that they are are properly caring for parents that have experienced loss. Yeah. That that is very frustrating. The sure. the day-to-day of Aaliyah in action fulfills me, although I wish I didn't have to do it. It it comforts me to know I can comfort other people, but I don't think Aaliyah in action should be as as needed as we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we can switch that, I hope that one day I have to change the mission right. of Aaliyah right. in action because right. people won't need me. Yeah. That's the goal. Exactly. Exactly. So then on the flip side, what's the most rewarding part of your work? I think the most rewarding part would be that I can still parent. Like mm-hmm. this is me in mom mode. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the hospital thinking, oh my gosh, I had planned out all these vacations in my mind. I had planned out teaching Aaliyah how to read and all these things we were going to do with friends with kids the same age. That all disappeared. And it it felt like there could never be anything rewarding Mm -hmm. in my life again. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a different type of rewarding, but I am, I, I feel I don't want to say happy, but for lack of a better word, happy that I have been able to figure out a way to still parent my daughter, still make her name known, still give her a legacy, despite the fact that she's not here. Sure, sure, sure. So then what's your favorite piece of advice that you would give to someone who's uh, either pregnant or experienced a stillbirth? Um, what, what, What piece of advice would you give? I think for those of us that have experienced stillbirth every day, it's okay to have waves. Every day is different. Mm-hmm. It's okay to allow joy to creep in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's also okay to lay on your couch and cry all day. Sure. That's why we have the packages sure. <laughs> to help you <laughs> on those, on those tough days. Right. right? It it's grief does not end. And I think my biggest piece of advice that, again, this is is all what I'm hearing from families that I've interacted with, mm-hmm. is people don't get to tell you 
when you can stop, when you should stop grieving or when you should get over this. Mm -hmm. There's no getting over this. Mm -hmm. This is a piece of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think the earlier we can reluctantly embrace that, then the stronger we can connect with our baby and the the stronger relationship we can build with them. Sure. Because it's not going to change, right? They're gone. We can't do anything. Don't listen to people that are telling you to get over it or Mm -hmm. get pregnant again Mm -hmm. or to stop crying. Mm -hmm. This is your decision. Mm -hmm. And when we experience this loss, we've lost all control. Mm. Right. And and we just feel like, oh my gosh, I, I yeah. was so in control and now I'm right. not in control of anything. Yeah. Your grief, you are in control of your grief journey, not anybody else. Mm. And so I want people to really embrace that as, as much as, a, as you sure. don't want to sure. Um, sure. embrace it because it will help you create that stronger connection with your child in the end. That's how I feel and how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you or support Aaliyah in action? Because you rely on donations. Is that correct? Yes, we do. (laughs) We're completely donor funded. So, um, you know, the, the reality is hospitals do not have bereavement budgets. And if they do, it's more for training programs as opposed to a tangible bereavement like this, Mm -hmm. which is why our donor base is so important. Our website, Website is www.aliyainaction.org. Aliyah is spelled A A L I Y A H. And we're on all socials and LinkedIn and soon to be threads at Aliyah in Action. So you can find us there. And if you're in need of a package, please reach out. I respond usually day of them. I mean, I'm always on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, respond so that we can support you. And I highly encourage anyone in the hospital setting, reach out to me so that we can partner. I, I try to make it as easy as possible for our hospital partners to implement the program. Right. And if you are interested in being a donor or interested in honoring your child, honoring your baby through um, a partnership with the hospital, please let me know. You know, I, I want this to also be a, a support for parents to be able to use in honor of their child as well. Sure, sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do, for coming on and sharing your work. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. And again, thank you for all you do in this community for expecting parents. It's, It's really appreciated. Thank you. Okay. Wasn't that just really a great episode? It's just amazing that she was able to create this resource out of tragedy and pain and help so many other families in the process. Now, after I have a guest on, you know, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways or thoughts regarding the conversation. Here are my top takeaways from my conversation with Liz. Number one, I want to share with you a resource. I have a podcast episode on stillbirth. It's episode 139. That's com forward slash episode 139. And in that episode, you can learn about what is stillbirth, how common it is, when it's most likely to occur, 
risk factors, what are the most common causes, some strategies for, for prevention. I know it's a difficult, difficult topic, but you can check out that episode to learn more about stillbirth. The second thing that I want to say is that it can be really frustrating because we often or usually don't know the cause of stillbirth. Most of the time it is actually unexplained. There are some things we can do. There are some tests we can try. Um, We can look at the baby. We can examine the placenta to try and get an idea of what happens with stillbirth. But most often it is unexplained. And that can be the most difficult part for families, not understanding why it happened because it doesn't give you any resources to try to prevent it again in the future. But I want to be upfront and honest about that, that it's just something that we don't know why happens most of the time. The third thing I want to say is that support from the medical community is just not great surrounding stillbirth. We often have things in the hospital where we do pictures for the the parents and things like that, Um, chaplain services if you're religious, those things are available. She started this specifically for the parents and then after they leave, because there's just such a lack of resources in the community. You may not be seen by your OB still for that typical six weeks They may or may not connect you to therapists or support groups or things in the community. So the support from the medical community is not great. And that's why resources like what she's doing and bereavement resources are really important. Do check out her website. It's aliyahinaction.org. That's A-A-L-I-Y-A-H-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N. So aliyahinaction.org to find out resources, because sadly, you're not going to get a lot of resources from your physician. And this is also a great place to get resources for people who you unfortunately may know have experienced a pregnancy loss at any point in pregnancy. And the final thing I want to say is just reiterate some of the things she said about what to say and what not to say for someone who's experienced a loss. I think one of the ones that can be particularly like painful for people is saying like things happen for a reason, or, you know, you can get pregnant again in the future. Those things really aren't helpful. And I know it can be challenging to know what to say to someone who's experienced a loss. I get that. But what I would suggest is that you just show up and you say that I'm here if you want to talk, or if you don't want to talk, you know, drop off a meal, those kinds of things. Just do the best you can. Come from a a place of caring and supporting in your heart. You can even say that this just sucks. Just acknowledge that this sucks or acknowledge that you don't know what to say, but you want to be there to help and support, but stay away from things like they happen for a reason, or, you know, you can have babies in the future, that kind of thing, because those things really aren't helpful. All right. So there you have it for this episode. Do share this podcast with a friend. It helps me to reach and serve more pregnant folks. And I would really appreciate your help in doing so. Also subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. Leave me a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other women to find the show. And I'd love to hear what you think about the show. And you can also let me know what you think by reaching out to me on Instagram. My DMs are open. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. I love to hear ideas for the show. I've gotten some really great DMs recently about ideas for the show that I'll have coming up. So you can also get great information there on Instagram. So check me out there at Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.